Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, and welcome to another episode of the Sound Heart Radio. Uh, Tonight, our study is entitled Triumph of Divine Wisdom over Empty Human Mind Speak. Triumph of Divine Wisdom over Empty Human Mind Speak. And so... uh, this show is going to focus on the wisdom of God on high. One of the great chapters on the wisdom of God is given in the book of Proverbs, uh, chapter 8. It is a very important chapter, uh, and I, I hope you have read that chapter. If not, uh, go back and read it, and if you have read it, please read it over again, uh, because wisdom is intrinsic. Uh, to reality, the reality that God has created. So the the Hebrew word kachma and uh, is the word that we transliterate as wisdom. So in the book of Proverbs, uh, our focus tonight is going to be on the book of Proverbs and also 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm going to begin in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm going to read some from... Uh, a bit from chapter 2 as well of First Corinthians. So uh, in the book of Proverbs, uh, the word of wisdom means uh, successful living, successful living. That is the essence uh, of the book of Proverbs. And uh, so the, the teacher, uh, that is the author, Uh, one of the primary authors of Proverbs, uh, is addressing uh, his people or his son at the beginning of of Proverbs. And the word Proverbs means wise things, wise things. Um, So I want you to understand that uh, uh, Hebrew thinking is, once again, it is concrete. And the focus is on actions, not on abstraction. And so uh, there are some very powerful word pictures uh, in the book of Proverbs with regard to uh, successful living. And so one would do well uh, to, to understand the the book of Proverbs or the book of wise saying and how this uh, word wisdom or hakma is used uh, in uh, in the Hebrew text. Uh, Hebrew thinking is holistic. Once again, it is holistic and concrete. And so God, uh, unlike the West, the Western mind has the ability because of alphabetic consciousness, 
in the West, individuals have the ability to divide or to compartmentalize uh, God into abstractions. And uh, a God of abstractions is not the living God. He is not the God of one's intellectual or theological abstractions. He is verily the living God. And so uh, in Hebrew thinking, uh, the individual who lived for God lived uh, his entire life for God, the presence of God. What God means to that individual uh, encompassed uh, his entire life. So when Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall follow you, uh, he spoke that within uh, the the Old Testament economy. The Old Testament had not passed away uh, as of yet. So when Jesus said, it is finished, uh, uh, when he shouted that from the cross, then the, the new covenant began. Uh, so uh, Proverbs uh, and Kokma, while successful living, you see, that's, that, is, that is what the Bible wants the believing community to grasp. And here, uh, here uh, in, uh, in the book of Proverbs and in First uh, Corinthians chapter 1, also in John chapter 1, uh, the focus is on the primacy of Christ. The primacy of Christ. And so before we begin our study, we're going to have a word of prayer. So, Father, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we do give you thanks for our Savior. We thank you, Lord, for your many blessings upon our lives. We ask to be guided by the Spirit of God, the author of the Scriptures. And we do thank you for this opportunity to speak with your saints this evening, Lord. And may their hearts be wonderfully blessed as we are led by the Holy Spirit uh, in this teaching. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to be begin reading uh, from 1 Corinthians, uh, chapter 1, uh, beginning at verse 18. But for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Now, let me tell you, in the Greek text, uh, the word there is not, it's not preaching, it is the Logos, for the Logos, the word of the Stavu, the word of the cross, not uh, Kerygma or Caruso, but, but uh, Logos, the word of the cross, is to them that are dying, or them that die foolishness. And here, them that die uh, or perish, the uh, present passive uh, in the Greek, foolishness, the word is moriah, moriah, it is moronic. But unto us which are saved, the word of the cross, is, it is the power of God. For it is writ, uh, written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Now, uh, the wisdom that Paul focuses upon is, of course, 
uh, that which is given in Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter, uh, wisdom is said in, in the Proverbs 8 to be at the beginning of the creation of God. In Proverbs 8, verse 22, we read, quote, The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works before his deeds of old uh, was appointed from eternity, from the beginning, before the world began, when there were no oceans, I was given birth, when there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth, before he made the earth or its fields or any of the dust of the world, I was there when he set the heavens in place. When he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the foundations of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundary so the waters would not overstep his command, and when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was the craftsman at his side. Unquote. I'm going to stop here. So I want you to grasp what is uh, what is going uh, what is going on. We have the we have the the beginning of wisdom and notice uh, what God says uh, what the writer in Proverbs says about wisdom. Paul has in mind uh, this understanding of wisdom. And Paul uh, after his salvation and read Galatians 1 he spent time in Arabia. Uh, understanding the word of God, he uh, gave his life completely. He surrendered completely to the Lord. He he, uh, surrendered completely to the spirit, and so therefore his mind is spirit-filled. And uh, because he is a mature believer, he communicates to the saints what uh, the Spirit of God has given to his spirit, uh, to them through his spirit-filled mind. This is why it is so important for saints to grow up in the Lord, to mature as believers, not uh, to, uh, well, just to mature in the faith, once for all given to the saints, because as you grow in spiritual maturity, you're going to, uh, and you, when you grow in grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you're going to appreciate more and more the wisdom of God. And think about where he brought you from, what he has led you through. Think about what he is doing in your life today. It is the wisdom of God at work in you. It's wonderful. So, uh Back to First uh, Corinthians, uh, verse 21, chapter 1, verse 21, quote, For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save uh, them that believe. 
For the Jews require a sign and remember and the public ministry of Jesus. They received many signs. They knew that the they knew uh, that the kingdom of God was present in the person of Jesus. That He was the rejected Messiah. Please read uh, Isaiah fifty-three. Isaiah fifty-three. And the Greeks seek after wisdom. Read about uh, Paul's ministry on Mars Hill. Uh, but. We preach Christ crucified, and unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. Why? So why was it a, a stumbling block to the Jews? Well, they looked to Judaism, and uh, they rejected the uh, the light uh, of Christ, and so it beca- he became the. Uh, a stumbling block. They wanted a Messiah who was a political Messiah. Jesus came uh, to save from sin. And please read uh, Jeremiah 31 to bring in a new heart. Please read John chapter 3 and the uh, the way read about the way Jesus ministered to Nicodemus uh, who believed he was a uh, who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. We preach Christ crucified. <clears throat> Some people find this message very offensive, but it is God's message. It is, it is the wisdom of God. The crucifixion of Christ is the wisdom of God, not the wisdom of man. The wisdom of man and humanistic theology wants a bloodless cross. It is, a, it is an offense for them to their sensibilities. To their their spiritual sensibility, they don't they do not want uh, Christ crucified. But this is the wisdom of God. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. See those within the believing community know. Uh, the reality and the power of this message, the called ones, the called out ones of the church. But unto them which are called, are you called? Make sure that you are called. And uh, uh, work out your own salvation if you are called with fear and trembling. This is not a game. This is real. Verse 25, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Uh, I, I love Paul's mind, and uh, I, I, loved, I love his, his writings and his insight uh, given to him through the Holy Spirit of God. For you see your calling, he's using that word again, brethren. How that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. And be careful uh, how you listen to this. Uh, and some people, you know, want to reduce this verse to a, a certain class of individuals. Uh, that is that they are artless, they are not really smart, and God has focused on that. That's not what Paul is saying here. That's not what he's saying at all. Uh, 
but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, the cross. Uh, uh, there are certain individuals, certain very learned uh, intellectuals that reject the cross. It is a foolish thing. Uh, and so uh, they, they refuse to come to Jesus. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Just think of the, of the, the arrogance uh, and the envy that was displayed through the Pharisees and uh, who were the religious zealots and the Sadducees who were the religious liberals and the Herodians who were the uh, political class. And these three groups came together and uh, to plot uh, the, the destruction uh, of the life of our Lord. So, and uh, verse 28, and the base things of the world, things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to not things that are. Well, why would God do that? And, and so why... Why would Paul use this language? Look, verse 28, and the base things of the world, that is, uh, of the cosmos, the the cosmos is a lie. The base things of the world, that is, the base things uh, of the cosmos. Uh, And so this, everything in the cosmos, its values, its principles, its insights, uh, are antithetical to the purpose and plan of God. There is nothing in the cosmic system that God will honor. It's wisdom, it's insight, uh, because God knows the spirit of the cosmic system and what it is designed to do. And so God wants nothing of it. So uh, that no flesh should glory in his presence. It is, it is the absurdity of man and, and hubris, the hubris of the unregenerate heart, the hubris of the saved uh, and, and uh, fleshly saint who believe that they can have a relationship with God or be accepted by God. Uh, it, is, it is arrogance. And uh, God does not countenance sin. And, uh, and that is, is the... Uh, that is the sinners, those who are devoted to the practice of sin. And with regard to fleshy believers, they walk outside uh, of the plan of God for their lives. They, uh, please read the book of Romans and read what Paul writes about the flesh. The flesh. Paul, uh, one will not find in the writings of, God, uh, of Paul anything about the old sin nature coexisting uh, with the Holy Spirit indwelling the believer. But Paul writes at length about the flesh, the flesh mind, and what the flesh is and what the flesh does. Please read Galatians chapter 5. And Paul, uh, and so he doesn't have uh, this, this theology of the coexistence of the old sin nature you will not find that language in the writings of Paul. The old sin nature uh, with the uh, 
the, the indwelling spirit of God uh, who comes to live in our hearts at the point of salvation. One does not feel it, but one experiences, uh, experiences this. That is the presence of the spirit, ye and me and I and you. And so uh, it is very important that we discard that notion of the old sin nature uh, coexisting within the heart of the believer uh, that is not found in the word of God. So uh, verse 30, but of him, that is of Jesus, but of him, that is of, that is, uh, of God, are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So this word uh, wisdom in, uh, in the New Testament uh, is a, a very important word for for us to understand as believers. So is it is the word Sophia, Sophia. And uh, the way this word is used in the in the uh, uh, writings of Paul, it means uh, the knowledge of how to regulate one's relationship with God. And uh, also wisdom is related to goodness, Matthew 12, 42, and Ephesians 1, 8. So when one is wise unto God, he is said to be pronomos, uh, that is, prudent with others and knows how to regulate circumstances. So when I'm talking with believers, these are things that I look for. I look for, I don't say it, I look for wisdom. Uh, Does this individual have the knowledge of how to regulate his or her relationship with God? And also, uh, when one is wise or has wisdom, uh, is he pronomos, P-R-O-N-I-M-O-S. That is, is he prudent with others and knows how to regulate circumstances? So it is a skill. It is a skill. So wise, uh, you know, it is, it, it is imperative that believers understand this. So when applied to God and man, uh, both uh, in respect to true wisdom and heavenly wisdom and also a false and worldly wisdom. So uh, Sophia means to be skillful, expert, sensible, judicious, judicious. <laughs> so do you see where where the Holy Spirit wants to take us? Do you see where the Holy Spirit wants us to be and uh, what should be evident in our lives? And how this word, Sophia, which means to the knowledge of how to regulate one's relationship with God and also how to re- regulate circumstances and how to uh, be with people. You see how this is related to Proverbs 8. 
whole new Proverbs 8. And you see in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So you see uh, the Proverbs, uh, in Proverbs, the wisdom was there at the beginning. We see the Word at the beginning. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's usually the primacy of wisdom. And uh, what uh, Proverbs teaches, what? It is about successful living. Successful living. If I know how to regulate my relationship with God, then uh, I'm going to have what? I'm going to understand what successful living is about. If I know how to regulate circumstances, my circumstances, my relationship with other people, and my pronomos, then I'm going to have a successful life. And for believers, this is incredible because one didn't have to, uh, one doesn't have to attend or go to an expensive seminar to learn these this fantastic uh, truth. One must dedicate one's time to the study of the word. And the word will reshape one's thinking. The word will redo one's attitude. So being skilled in life is imperative. And it begins with the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. It is the artless ones, those who are, who are unskilled, uh, these individuals suffer. And you will see that contrast between the unskillful ones, the, the, art, uh, the, the artless ones, and the skillful ones. You will see that contrast provided for us in the Proverbs. Well, I'm going to rush headlong uh, into this situation, and I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to do it. Uh, there are certain outcomes. Uh, that are built into the fabric of reality that one will experience if one goes down certain roads, uh, whether for good or bad. You see, God cannot be ignored. God cannot be set aside, even though when you read the book of Jeremiah, you read about believers. Who have said, well, we're going to, I'm going to set God aside and I'm going to live as though God is not real. And so, what does God do? God, God judged their hearts. God moved in and judged them. They, they had, they're in a covenant relationship with God. They're in a covenant relationship that is irrevocable. And so, but they think uh, because they allowed uh, the influence of the surrounding city-states, that they took up their values, and they said, well, I can live as though God is not there. Uh, And these believers knowingly stand, stand against uh, what they knew to be right, 
They sinned against divine wisdom. They sinned against God, who had what provided them this promised land. He had provided them this land flowing with milk and honey, and so. But they allowed uh, the they received the sepsis or this of uh, the sinful practices of those uh, who lived uh, around them. They they absorbed their values, so that the sepsis came in and ruined their their lives spiritually. So God was in with judgment. And God warned them, he said, if you do this, then read Leviticus, God says, I'm going to sling you out uh, like I I got rid of those who were before you. Because they were involved in all types of heinous sexual sin. They have blurred the relationship. They have blurred familial relationships and distinctions uh, through their pathological sexual practices, their idolatrous practices, their idolatrous religion uh, destroyed the family. And so they polluted themselves. They created their own destruction. And the book of Proverbs talks about those who throw themselves away through what they do. So the message is consistent. Successful living means that the believer understands that uh, his relationship with God is primary. Uh, Proverbs, First uh, Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, of whom God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness. We have the the imputed righteousness of Christ. Sanctification needs to be set aside only unto the Lord. Uh, So it is positional sanctification and redemption. Uh, uh, Apollotrosis. God purchased you and I out of the slave market of sin. God purchased us. Uh, through silver, through gold, no, but through the precious blood of the Lamb. God purchased us. That, according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Chapter 2, verse 1. Quote, and I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom. That is, he's talking about human wisdom, Greek wisdom the wisdom of flattery, the wisdom of man, uh, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. This is Paul's focus, to crucify, uh, buried and risen Savior is Paul's focus. We see Paul's focus. He understands that Christ is the wisdom of God, determined. Verse 3, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Now, this is the Apostle Paul. Remember who he was and what he was like before he met the Lord Jesus, breathing out threats against the uh, the saints, 
And now he writes this language. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Does he, does he mean here that he was cowardly before them? No. The cross had changed him. Jesus had changed him. His flesh had been crucified, Galatians 2.20. And so Paul is speaking to these saints from a position of humility. Verse 4, and my speech, my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. That is persuasive words of man's wisdom. Why? Because he knows that human wisdom is demonically motivated. He knows uh, that he knows the cosmic system. And he knows human wisdom is ultimately demonic in nature and practice. Human wisdom is demonic in nature and practice. So someone will say, well, I don't agree with that observation, Josiah. That's fine. I've heard that many times over the years. And uh, it doesn't change the reality, uh, one's objection or one's uh, position of disagreement. It doesn't change the reality of what the scripture teaches. My speech and my preaching was not with persuasive words of man's wisdom. See, Paul didn't teach this way because he didn't need flattery. He didn't need people to pat him on the back. He needed people he didn't need people to say, Man, that was a great sermon. Man, that message was incredible. He didn't need that. Sole focus was to live a life well pleasing Unto the Lord. Paul didn't want, he didn't want the distraction of human wisdom because Paul wants his crowns. Uh, I want the crown for those who love the, the Lord's appearing you know, and the pastor's crown. I want the crown of, of those, for those who love his appearing. I, that's, that's where my heart is. Uh, I, I love the appearing uh, of, of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'll come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, and redeem us. And I know that this cosmos is not my home. I know it. I feel it every day. I'm not at home down here. This is not my home. But I'm here on a mission. I have a ministry uh, out from the Lord. And when he is done, my ministry is done, uh, I get to go home. I get to be in the presence of my Lord. And I have a family whom I love with all my heart. And um, if I go before them, I know, I mean, I have babies in heaven whom I have never seen. So I have uh, babies in heaven, I have relatives in heaven, and I have my Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm so blessed. I am so blessed. I am so thankful uh, for the many blessings I have. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not 
stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. I never, I, I love these words. I've never wanted people to uh, have their faith stand in the wisdom of man. And so, therefore, I pray uh, before I speak and teach, because I want people to be focused on the Lord and on the goodness of God and, and with what God has provided through his son, Jesus. That uh, I don't want anyone's faith to rest in the wisdom of man because it will get you nowhere. It is empty. Uh, and so for someone to talk to you like that, it is just empty human mind speak. There is no depth. And really, when someone speaks to you like that, they don't, there is no, they have no love in their heart for you. Because they want your focus on them and their and their their man centered message. If they really loved you, then they would speak in the demonstration of the spirit and of power. And they would not want uh the faith of people to stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of Almighty God. Verse six, howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are mature, among them that are mature, and not the wisdom of this world, a totally different language, a totally different nomenclature that is outside of the cosmic system. Now, religion and religious language appeals to what? A particular cult, group, religious sect, or institution. Paul belonged to none of these. We speak wisdom among them that are mature. And I love this word uh, in the Greek. It is, it is powerful. Uh, the teleios. Teleios. And uh, so... Uh, the, the, these are individuals who what, have within their persons uh, the work of the Spirit, the ongoing work of the Spirit, uh, and their purpose is what? To uh, live out that which God has made them to be. First Corinthians 14.20, Philippians 3.15, Ephesians 4.15, and uh, Hebrews 5.19. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught or to make the seats. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. It is a sacred secret, mysterion. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Look how far back. I can't say in time because notice the language which God ordained before the world unto our glory. So before creation, there was no time. Time is intimately uh, related to the fabric of creation. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom of God, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. And the archetypal plan of God before creation, 
Notice the wisdom of God. Notice the exquisite, perfect plan of God that is related to you. And if God has this exquisite, perfect plan that he is executing for you, why do you live as though you are not this wealthy, not this blessed? He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. What is a Christian? I don't really know. I know what I read in the scripture. Beloved, we don't know what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in himself purifieth himself even as he is pure. We will see Jesus. We will see Jesus. We will be in his presence. The book of Proverbs says that the Lord teaches us that the Lord Jesus uh, is going to sing the praise of the Father in the midst of his brethren. I want to hear Jesus sing and be stand before him in my resurrection body and in, in my in my robe of glory and I want I want those crowns to cast at the feet of my Savior. I want to hear him sing. And the Bible teaches that he will wash away every tear. He is going to personally minister to each of his things. How will he do that just by, I don't know, but he is God Almighty in the flesh. And the wounds that he received for our salvation are right now present in his resurrection body, memorialized for all eternity. That's who he is. That's the love of God. That's the love of God that he gave to us through his son. The one who, uh, John writes in John chapter 1, who dwelt in the bosom of the Father, adorned himself in human flesh, the flesh that was made by the Spirit of God as, uh, as, it's just amazing to think about the plan of God as that holy thing as it is spoken about in the old King James Version uh, uh, that was deposited in the womb of his mother Mary. And for nine months, the normal human gestation period, he developed uh, within his mother. And she knew him. She carried him. She bore him. She knew his heart. She knew his purity. She knew his mission. She knew her son. And when the fullness of time had come, she brought forth her firstborn son. In her heart, knowing what the angel had said about what her heart would experience because of him. God is wonderful. 
Jesus is wonderful. He is the wisdom of God. We have a great inheritance because of him. It is time that we live as though we are with a great and wonderful inheritance through our Lord Jesus Christ, who is on our behalf the very wisdom of God. Good evening. My name is Dr. Josiah Rich. God bless you. 